get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Saluto, Nestus me, Tyson Saner, and welcome to episode 255 of Succotash, formerly Succotash Shut-In, formerly Succotash the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, formerly Succotash the Comedy Podcast Podcast, now in our fifth season and tenth year. Last week in Epi 254, original show host and my every other week co-host, Mark Hershon, brought to you a quartet of clips from the Soundcasts, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, The Amazing Nerd Show, I Shake My Head, and Who's Right? That show is still available wherever you listen to soundcasts, or podcasts, as many people still refer to them as. Of course, you can also listen to the archived version of the show at our home site, www.suckatashshow.com. This week, I'm bringing you some clips as well. I'm still looking around for guests, and I do have a couple lined up, but that's for a future chats episode, and since you're here with me now, and I've got clips for you, then this will be a clip show. This episode's clips are from the soundcasts, Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez, Shut Up, I Love It, and Distractable. I've also got a classic advertisement from Succotash's longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants, for you that is specific to this time of year, whatever that means. I do realize that it makes no sense to say whatever that means in this context due to the fact that it would be a ridiculous thing to suggest that it didn't know exactly what I meant when I said that, the particular that being the that and whatever that means. Please take note of the quotation marks you can't see me using if you aren't reading this. Tally-ho! First offering, burning on your ear altars tonight, is Childlike at Best with Mike Valdez, from Mike Valdez. Its description says, Every week, your favorite grown-up kid, Mike Valdez, chats with his favorite people about adolescence. Listen as they dive into a cereal bowl full of nostalgia, funny stories, and more. The clip I've selected is from an episode posted April 26th in 2021. In its description, it says on this episode, Mike chats with Josh Sneed from Drybar Comedy and Comedy Central about growing up in Cincinnati, getting booed at a baseball game, and learning that you're never too old to have an all-out nerf war at work. What kind of fandoms were you into as a kid? And I know that this is going to be a big question because, like, your dad had an amazing job, especially considering the audience for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll let you tell the audience what your dad did. Thing. Sure. You just- my So my dad was uh, he was a model maker for Kenner Toys here in Cincinnati. So, I mean, as a kid, I mean, there's nothing cooler than your dad working at a toy company. The only drawback of that was that a lot of the popular toys that weren't made by Kenner, like I never had because I only had Kenner stuff, you know? So like my friends had had 
G.I. Joe's and Transformers and He-Man. Like I very rarely, if ever, got those toys because they weren't Kenner toys, you know. But I had <laughs> Star Wars and Mask. The the TV show Mask came up <laughs> yeah. and it was like Kenner's answer to trans. It was like a G.I. Joe Transformers hybrid show where the vehicles turned into other things, but they weren't robots. They just turned into like, you know, like a Jeep turned into like a Jeep that had guns that came out of the front bumper, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. You should look it up. They're actually, there was actually talk like a year ago that they were going to do a mask movie. It was such a cool show and a really cool yeah. toy as a kid. to have Yeah, man. With. I mean, one thing I was just in a, you were probably there. I was just in a clubhouse room this morning. And I was talking about 90s cartoons and somebody said this so perfectly where it's like the 80s and the 90s had such original ideas because when you describe a synopsis to like any 90s or 80s cartoon, it sounds like you're describing a dream. <laughs> and then most people are like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like a car that would turn into a person and then he, you know, was a ninja. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And that's like the only time where everything was original now it's just like oh well it's because it's a popular book series or it was popular 30 years ago or whatever the case now there's barely any original ideas yeah you're right about that though like i think back to my fondest shows that i watched and they were all based off of like fantasy you know no, there was nothing uh, it seems like a lot of the cartoons now you know i have i get a little bit of it because i watch it with my kids but what they're into it's very simplistic you know it's all like really nice spirited you know and that's that's good that's what you want like i don't think we of realized course. when we were kids that maybe subconsciously we were we were learning about you know violence and and the struggles of good versus evil you know like my daughter watches a show that's like a rainbow tree that sings songs like there's no you know what i mean like it's pure <laughs> visual and audio enjoyment for her there's no lessons being learned or anything like that but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like Voltron and Thundercats and shows like that. Somebody either had to be dreaming or on some really hard drugs to even come up with a yeah, concept man. of those. Yeah. And not only that, another thing looking back at it as an adult is that the marketing for boy cartoons, it was like, you better watch this or you're not a man. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like you better join the army. Like, <laughs> it's hilarious. I never um, thought of it I, like that. There was, oh my gosh, there was a comedian that said this joke so good. It was this joke where the only reason why I ever joined the army was just because they called. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's great. Like, it was so funny because it's like, that's what it was like back then, dude. It was like, if they, they just called you. Oh, it was Nate Bergetzi. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like, they just called and I was like, oh, they chose me. Cool. And yeah. it's like, he didn't know that it was like, it's not like how it used to be. Right. <laughs> like they're just calling you because they need people as opposed to like, you're chosen. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know? He's so um, good. He's too good, man. That guy is unreal. So dad works at Kenner. You have, I would assume you must have felt like a celebrity at some sorts because <laughs> You kind of had to feel like you're getting invited to parties, but you're like, is that, is he really my friend though? <laughs> or like, does he just want the indoor playset? You know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I did get invited to all the birthday parties, but again, going back to what I said about how small the town was, like, 
it's hard to not get invited to everybody's birthday party. You know what I mean? Cause like we just had such a small group of, of neighborhood kids and it was a, you know, it's the classic neighborhood that I'm sure a lot of people, like I can't even imagine my kids living in that kind of neighborhood where it's like, you go out and play, you come back when the, the street lights come on, you know, it was just a different time back then, but you're a hundred percent right. I, I for sure was invited because they knew that I would be bringing a toy to the party. Now, thankfully, this show description is also filled with uh, social media links. You can follow Josh Sneed on Instagram at J-O-S-H-S-N-E-E-D. And you can follow Mike Valdez on Twitter at I am Mike Valdez, which is I-A-M-M-I-K-E-V-A-L-D-S. That's all lowercase. And then his Instagram is all lowercase, just Mike Valdez. And that's not the word just and then Mike Valdez. That is just... M-I-K-E-V-A-L-D-E-S. And you can find the show's website at whoismikevaldez.com, which is who is literally uh, W-H-O-I-S, and then mikevaldez.com, spelled the same as before. Next up, Shut Up, I Love It, by comedy writers Sasha Feiler and Joe Cabello. Its description says, Do you think toupees are actually cool? Is Alien Resurrection your favorite movie in the Alien franchise? Did the song Miracles by Insane Clown Posse make you cry? Hosted by comedians Sasha Filer and Joe Cabello and joined by a comedy guest, Shut Up, I Love It celebrates the aspects of life that make you go, ooh, and others go, yuck. clip I've selected is from the episode from May 9th, 2021. Our guest is Erica Curry of Trashy Trashy Podcast, which has been clipped before for Suckatash. The episode description says Erica Curry is a writer, performer, and the co-host of the Trashy Trashy Podcast. She's also a big fan of a classic cult film, Drop Dead Gorgeous, from 1999, starring the Drop Dead Gorgeous Denise Richards, Alice Janney, Amy Adams, Brittany Murphy, and a couple of Kirstens. Go watch that hilarious film right now. And then in parentheses it says, on Tubi for free. For those of you who do not know what Tubi is, uh, it is spelled T-U-B-I. Then tune in for our semiotic analysis. Hey Google, what does semiotic mean? Here's the definition of semiotic, relating to signs and symbols. Relating to signs and symbols. The gestures, images, and objects notated in his scripts share a semiotic importance equal to the spoken text. Okay, hold on. Uh, semiotic approach to popular music can reveal aspects of the structure that may be overlooked by more traditional mythologies. Okay, so it's an in-depth look. That's good. I learned a word today that I will immediately forget, probably. Although, I don't know, maybe I'll try to incorporate it into my life. Who knows? Anyway, here's the clip. It's incredible that this film never became as famous as, say, The Spinal Tab or Best in Show. And I wonder if it's because the cast is mostly women. It's just interesting. Yeah, that is my, like, gut reaction, is that there was just... And and it's about a, a beauty pageant, which is, like, so niche on its own, and people just kind of, like disdain mm-hmm. the beauty industry and the pageant industry but as a as a young kid that loved mockumentaries and also wanted to be in pageants mm. I this was like uh, it's as if they dropped the documentary crew in my hometown mm. oh, like wow. I grew up in a very small town like Mount Rose makes my town look like a metropolis where did you grow up Erica I grew up in Sterling Oklahoma mm-hmm. population 600 very small town 
very small town, very much the, you know, the the lazy Shriners won't take down the Frida sign. Like, we had that mayor, like... Right. <laughs> that, yeah, because it feels very specific, like, to a certain type of town vibe, whether it's, like, in that region or elsewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not really something I know or understand, but uh, it was just a blast. So was uh, that was that a big part of it when you first saw it? Like just kind of a connection to it. It's so a similar feeling was when I watched King of the Hill for the first time, because mm-hmm. and that was around the same time. But it was like, did Mike Judge literally sit at our town corner and just write down people's name, like write <laughs> down the happenings <laughs> of our hometown, like? Uh, we had the small town beauty direct, you know, beauty pageant director that was a complete narcissist. Like we had like every element of, you know, the trailer trash people, the every element was so accurate. It was like it blew my mind because it was the first time I really felt like seen or heard in television was through the eyes of this movie. That's very cool. And w- did you mention when you first saw it? Was it when it came out? or? I never saw it in theaters. It was a home video purchase. So we would go to the two towns over to the local video store because we it, didn't have a blockbuster. And a nice little <laughs> HVP. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Hometown video store. Home and video and we would rent it. And it was like a slumber party movie where mm-hmm. you just kept it. Oh yeah. And it's like, what are we going to rent? Well, let's rent that one again. Cause mm-hmm. we're going to have do a you good think, time. You probably don't remember Erica, but maybe you can um, guess what made you rent this movie in the first place. Did you know like the actors and that's why you wanted to rent it? Did it seem like, cause it's a pageant topic. That's why you wanted to watch it. I just remember, um, you know, seeing the trailer for it on television, but my parents didn't take me to the theater to see it. Shout so out. So I was like... Shout out to your parents. <laughs> shout out to my parents. Bless their hearts. They did their best to, to keep me out of entertainment industry and away from it. And I just like a moth to the flame. Yeah. There I was. It happens. <laughs> so the minute I saw it, you know, in the, the video, the family video store, I was like, we have to rent this. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and now I'm, it's all history because you're still watching it every sounds like how many times a year? About twice a year, mm-hmm. I revisit it and spreading it like a virus to others, uh, like a um, a home video purchase virus, like an HVP virus. <laughs> Keep saying it, virus, I, virus, I virus. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the rating too really baffles me because I have. Maybe two qualms with this movie, two criticisms, and one of them I don't even think would apply at the time, and that's like some of the stuff is a little dated, humor is a little dated and rude by today's standards. For sure. It does take a fair crack at everybody enough to kind of smooth over that, even Mm -hmm. on a rewatch. And Mm -hmm. I think it, even that last seven minutes drags a bit because she's already got the crown. And then there's this, uh, the whatever the real pageant is at the end. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'm kind of like, I feel done with the movie. At least it's still funny after that. But that's my, it's not mm-hmm. even a real criticism because it's still good after that. But that being said, I feel like those are small. What, do you, what is wrong with this to where it's getting a 6 to a 7? 
on uh, IMDb stars and then like a mm. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. It does not hold up. Some of the language that is used mm-hmm. and the stereotypes of people is a, like there is some offensive moments. Uh, we definitely were not in a quote woke culture in in, 20, in 1999. Um, there is some accent work that is just it's it's a little offensive. But I don't think that's the criticisms that people have with mm-hmm. it. I think um, I read a couple criticisms before the podcast and they were saying that like the jokes don't quite land and that like they don't quite hit the audience. Like, Joe they don't and I the right just audience. made the same face and I'm interrupting you just because it was hilarious. We both were like, yeah, no way. <laughs> Those yeah, jokes like, land in what hard. <laughs> in what world do they not Those land? Those jokes land. I mean, like perfectly land you know i think this is though a a lot sharper even than a best in show i like it a lot more i'm 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 throwing it down i i like it a lot more than best in show you could find the guest erica curry on twitter at gilly gal that is all lowercase letters g-i-l-l-y-g-a-l and the show is on twitter and instagram as Shut up! I love it. One, which is S H U T U P I L O V E I T, and then the number one. Joe Cabello appears to be on Twitter at all lowercase J O E C A B E L L O. I unfortunately am not able to find Sasha Filer on Twitter. She may not be on Twitter. So if you want to reach them, I would recommend just going to that Shut Up I Love It One aforementioned account on Twitter. And of course, you can find the show on. Apple Podcasts, and Google, and uh, I believe I found it on Stitcher. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. Are you disappointed with pants that don't live up to the hype? Are you sick and tired of pants that don't fulfill the promise of their name? Well, the good folks at Henderson's Pants want you to know that they take their craft seriously. Oh, very seriously. And that's why they're proud to introduce their new Henderson's Coveralls. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hold on one second, mister. I've seen coveralls before. That staple of the farming, construction, and automotive repair communities. Well, that's true, friends, but admit it. You harbor a deep disappointment when you find that traditional coveralls don't actually cover all. Oh, not even close. Traditional coveralls annoyingly leave the feet, neck, and cranium completely exposed, which is tantamount to false advertising until now. Henderson's has taken the coverall concept to a whole new level by eliminating the annoying pant holes, sleeves, and neckline, then installing a single zipper that encloses three sides of this rectangular garment, you get a warm, durable fabric that covers your entire body. Truly a coverall for all. Originally designed for disaster relief areas, tsunami-prone beaches, and plane crash cleanups, the design of the Henderson's coveralls has nothing to do with rumors of a recent contract that fell through for Henderson's to provide 10,000 body bags to FEMA. That's Henderson's, makers of stuff sacks and ditty bags since 1834, and now back to Succotash. Take it away, Marco. Thank you, Bill Hayhot. Yeah, so that was from December 15th of 2015, when I definitely had never hosted an episode before. Uh, 
I was still an associate producer at that point. So that's why I take it away, Mark. But thank you anyway, Bill Haywood. All right, finally tonight, Distractable from Wood Elf. Mm -hmm. That is two words, capital W, Wood, and capital E, L, F. Elf. Wood. Elf. Mm -hmm. Okay. Its description says, The Distractable Podcast with Mark Fishbach, Wade Barnes, and Bob Meiskins is a space to have thoughtful discussions about funny, out-there, or otherwise interesting stories from everyday life. Also, an opportunity for three friends to remind each other they are not as smart as they think. So, this is a brand new, as of a couple weeks ago, soundcast. This episode is their first episode. It's from May 17th, 2021. Um, and it's called Hair. So, in the description it says, Today the guys discuss all things hair and the lack thereof. They warn of the dangers of hair removal. Explore the strange hair trends of ancient Greek statues and discuss sci-fi scenarios where the elite harvest hair and organs from the less fortunate. I chose this clip because Teratoma. Okay, so what is this article? I wasn't actually reading it. All of all the parts of the body to create in a lab? What? What? what, what? <laughs> they grow ears on mice and stuff, right? They're, they're working on organs? Yeah, but I mean, uh, did, did someone just accidentally make hair? Have you heard of, like, the teratoma? The teratoma? The teratoma? You know, I hadn't until you said it the third time. You guys know what the teratoma no. is? Uh, no, not enough that I would venture to describe it. Teratoma is fucking terrifying. Okay, so this is this is a picture of a teratoma. What the hell is oh, that? Not pictures? Why would you send pictures? Oh, what is uh, that? Yeah, that's a good one, right? <laughs> it's a teratoma. It's a teratoma. Is that teeth or marshmallows? Okay. Those are teeth. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh okay. God, I'm, uh, I'm actually going to delete. Please that one do. I'm secretly trying to eat terrible. lunch in the background, and I don't think I can do it anymore. So a teratoma is a tumor that can oh, occur no. in the body. It's pretty rare, but basically, it grows <laughs> random parts of the body. Inside of oh, whole parts, God. whereas some tumors are just like masses of cells. This one actually is starting to make parts of the body. So that's why there can be teeth in it. There can be hair, ears. There can be an eye in it. You know, there, there could be anything in your human body in terms of an organ in this tumor because it just starts randomly growing full organs. I just came up with another way to generate new hair for human transplant. Does it have to do with the teratoma? Yeah, you just need to come up with a, a method by which you can uh, instigate teratoma creation. So uh -huh, inside uh -huh. your person who wants more hair, you inject them with something that causes a teratoma to form. We'll call it the T-virus. T-virus. <laughs> what if it gets a voice box that talks to you and it's like, Please don't remove me. <laughs> God. If it talks, that's a different issue. But you just keep you keep doing it, and you keep harvesting the teratomas, and yeah. you just take, you know, hopefully you get some hair in some of them, and uh, keep accumulating <laughs> like... hair out of hair-tomas. You could call it the hair-toma. If at first you don't <laughs> succeed, just keep it's, growing God, them. it's like a loot box. You're like, I hope this one's got hair. <laughs> ah, teeth again. Oh, damn it. <laughs> they said for the wealthy, it adds up. Or if you're really desperate. You do a bunch at once. How many teratomas <laughs> can you have in a body and still be alive? <laughs> I mean, they're extra organs. Honestly, you'll probably be healthier be than ever. Even more know? alive. <laughs> I, got, I got two and a half hearts. I got some extra livers around. Man, I can drink whatever I want. So you're saying if you do like a tenfold summon, you get your 11th one free? Yeah, man. That's yeah, great. Man. <laughs> 
That's probably definitely <laughs> how teratomas work. Yeah. I mean, in, in more realistic terms, or probably horribly unrealistic terms, maybe this actually is a way for, like, future organs to be grown. Controlled tumors that just in your body grows the extra organ. You wouldn't even need a transplant. You just grow it where your kidney is. It would squoosh out the bad kidney, you know, and then the new kidney would be there. You know what I mean? Maybe this is actually... Like... That sounds like a thing that would exist in, like, some kind of weird sci-fi surrealist thing where it's like it's like a vending machine you start feeling kind of sick you check your bio scanner and it's like oh heart failure diagnosis heart failure you go up to the <laughs> you go up to the tome of vending machine and you're like ah heart atoma heart atoma heart that's atoma. the one <laughs> c3 heart atoma what if the vending machines are just criminals who have done really bad things and so like the worst of the worst criminals are forced to become these human vending machines that grow your parts for you jesus oh, christ god like the I sequel to Human this Centipede, Human Teratoma Machine. I don't think you understand what teratomas are, but I appreciate that concept. <laughs> no, you just take it. You like call it whatever organs part you need. in regular. <laughs> no, no, man. No. <laughs> just as a form of punishment, you harvest their organs, but also teratomas. Yeah, no. See, the thing about the teratoma is, like, if you grow it in, if they grow it in their body, it's their heart. Like, you, you want to grow it in your body. Until you take it. <laughs> yeah, then it's still a transplant, and you have to do, you have to do, you have to have matching, uh, matching things, proteins, or anybody's. I don't know how it works, but you can't just, you can't just accept a transplant from any other human. There's a bunch of shit that has to work. No, Wade's got this. Well, eventually there'll be enough criminals where you'll match with someone. <laughs> like you know, maybe it's a sibling or something. Just on the off chance that this criminal matches with some don't, some people in need of organ transplants, like grow the maximum number of organs inside this sack. <laughs> My name's Billy. You're a sack now. You should have grown more hearts. You shouldn't have smoked all that super weed. You're not a person anymore. <laughs> I like this idea. There's probably like some sci-fi thriller about this, or there's like a desperate author listening to this podcast, like furiously writing it. Like, oh, Daredevil. Like that's, Daredevil. that's given our terrible off-the-cuff idea a lot of credit, but I'll take Talk it. Talk about crime deterrence, though. Like, hell, I would never do anything wrong. Not that I do anyway. All right, so apparently Wood Elf Media can be found on Twitter at uh, W-O-O-D-E-L-F-M-E-D-I-A. Mark Fishbuck, otherwise known as Markiplier, is on Twitter as Markiplier, and that is spelled M-A-R-K-I-P-L-I-E-R. It's like multiplier, except Mark. Wade Barnes is at Lord Minion 777 that is capital L-O-R-D, capital M-I-N-I-O-N, and then three sevens. And... Bob Meiskens is at Meiskerm, and that is at M-U-Y-S-K-E-R-M. And Distractable, the podcast, can be found on Simplecast at distractable.simplecast.com. That is D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E dot S-I-M-P-L-E-C-A-S-T dot com. And that's all the content I have for you this week. I do hope you enjoyed what you heard. And maybe you have an idea for what to listen to next. Maybe you had that already. Maybe you were going to listen to one of our past episodes next. It's possible. As I said before, you can find the show archive at www.suckatashshow.com, and that is S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H-S-H-O-W.com. And we do have easily a few hundred other soundcasts that we've featured over the years as possible future listening for you to pass the time with. 
There's so many more Soundcasts out there now than there were when Succotash started, and not everyone is still around, but their archives usually are, often on Google Podcasts, iTunes, which I think is now called Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbay, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. And you should look into them if you're interested enough to do so. Thank you for spending time with us. And if you wouldn't mind terribly, could you tell people about us? It's what we mean when we ask you to please pass the Succotash. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com. On Spotify. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at tyson at succotashshow.com or call into the Suckatash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash. Goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.